You and I have been there where we have been walking blindly in our financial life, kind of like sleepwalking. Our next guest, Jamila Soufran, shares with us how she went from sleepwalking to being intentional with her money. That's coming up in episode 139. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Bienvenidas. Gracias por acompañarme hoy día. Welcome. Thanks for accompanying me today. This is Jen Hempel, your host. I've got a terrific guest for you today. In this episode, you're going to learn how at 14 years of age, she decided she was going to learn how to be rich and how that meaning of rich changed over time. You're also going to learn what she did to change that sleepwalking she was doing in her financial life in her early years in college. And you're going to learn how during college, after she got done sleepwalking, how during college she was able to save 90% of her money. Let me share with you a little bit about Jamila Soufran. Jamila is a certified financial education instructor, podcaster, blogger, money coach, and founder of journeytolaunch.com, where she shares her journey to reach financial freedom and helps others to do the same. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps Braves journeyers gain clarity around their finances and create an, an actionable plan to reach their goals. Lista? Vamos a conocerla. Let's go meet her. Hola y bienvenida, Jamila. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Jen. Well, I'm excited to connect with you, get to know you. We got to meet in person at FinCon in 2017. So that was great. And I was really, really excited to get to know you on a more personal level and how you grew up around money, what you experienced, what you saw. So let's start off with that. Sure. So I mean, my money story, um, you know, I did not come from wealth or I did not come from money like I, I'm assuming, you know, a lot of people. But for me, you know, my mom came here as an immigrant from Jamaica. Um, so did my grandma. And, you know, they didn't have anything. So my grandmother, she came here working as a nanny, because usually that's what as an older woman, if you come here without any experience or education, you either clean houses or you watch children. So my grandmother watched children for a living. And then my mom, she just, you know, she worked multiple like fast food jobs and any job she can get while she put herself through school. And she was a single mom at that. And so I grew up not having much material things. I saw my grandmother and mom work really, really hard. And so it instilled in me values, you know, a work ethic that I that probably follows me to this date. That's why I'm probably so motivated about everything is because while I wasn't handed money or, you know, there was never any concrete discussions about money or how to handle money. I saw just from how hard my mom worked to provide for me the value of money. And so I always knew that I wanted to 
figure out a way to be, I always said back then rich. I mean, now I have a better understanding of what I meant by that. But I, I always said I wanted to be rich because I thought that being rich and having money would provide me with options and I would be able to provide for my family. And as I grew up, um, you know, I, you know, when I did start working, so I started working at the age of 14, I would always just save my money. So I wasn't a huge, huge like spender. Again, it was those values instilled from just watching my mom. And I kind of carried that just throughout my life. I mean, I never, I've, I've never always done things perfectly, but I think I had a good foundational understanding that money was important not to waste. <laughs> Right. And I, I completely relate to you when in my teenage years, I was that one that I was independent as you could be at that age, right? Because my parents told me, they didn't have to tell me that many times, we don't have the money. So because they already told me that, <laughs> it didn't make sense for me to ask them for money. So instead, I earned money in the ways that I could at that time. So I completely relate. Now tell us from then. So you grew up with your mom, your grandmother. Now let's fast forward to getting married to having kids. What happened in that time frame in terms of your financial journey? I got married in my late 20s and I started having kids in my early 30s. So I would say I had a moment of in my 20s, you know, once I graduated college, that I always describe it as sleepwalking through my financial life because while I wasn't horrible with my finances, I wasn't intentional about things. You know, I did do some things right. I was able to buy my first um, property um, when I graduated college because I had a great paying internship. And again, because I was just a saver, I saved most, I saved 90% of my money. Um, so by the time I graduated and I was looking for somewhere to live, um, I was able to, you know, really save and scrimp to, to do that at an early age. But apart from buying, um, you know, my first home, which was a condo, I didn't really have any uh, like a plan or I didn't really understand um, what to do with my finances. So I so I basically spent my, my money. I didn't necessarily I was again, I was a saver, but I wasn't intentional. I wasn't thinking about investing. I wasn't investing the max in my uh, 401k at work. I was doing the bare minimum. And it wasn't until I got married and I started having kids that I really, really wanted to become more intentional because I, I was working a job where I had a, a long commute. My commute was about one and a half to two hours, depending on traffic one way. And I was driving. So as you can imagine, that was pretty just, <laughs> it was just not good. And one day it took me about four hours, no lie, four hours to get home. I was in traffic and I was pregnant with my first son. Oh my gosh. And yeah, It was, I was just, <laughs> I had like a breakdown in the car and then I came home and I had a breakdown. And, you know, I said to my husband, you know, I, I definitely cannot do this. Um, I don't want to, you know, do this forever, this commute and, you know, working in a situation where I'm not completely 100% happy. And that moment led me to start just searching. And I so I started listening to podcasts and I stumbled on a bunch of personal finance podcasts and blogs that people were talking about retiring early and reaching financial independence. And so it basically just planted this seed in my head that, wait a second, you know, I don't have to work until I am, you know, 65 in a job that I'm not 100% happy with. I can possibly retire earlier or retire into something that I love. So that just got my wheel spinning. And I remember, um, you know, it did take a while for me to come to that realization that I didn't want to reach financial freedom and independence. But once I did, once I started on that path, I really just like focused on how I could get it done and how as a family, because then you know, since ha 
being pregnant with my first son, I had another son and I'm, you know, currently pregnant now. So throughout that whole, thank you. So throughout that whole process, I was just trying to figure out, okay, so what is our plan? Because while I want to, you know, when I say retire early, which is what I'd like to do, I don't mean retire like and do nothing. It just means retire from my corporate job, retire from a job I'm not, that's not feeding my soul that I'm not excited about. I want to, you know, work on what I love, um, you know, full time. And I don't want to be dependent on money. And so I've come to this point in my life where I am now, where it's just, I'm really intentional, really focused about reaching our money goals and all these grand plans I have as a family. Wonderful. Now I had a question just going back, you mentioned that you were saving 90% of your money. Did I hear that right? Right. Well, when I was in college, I was working as an intern. So I didn't really have much expenses. So I was able to do that. (laughs) Perfect. I wanted to make sure I was like, when was this? Because I'm like, wow, that is incredible. (laughs) And then tell me what, how do you define uh, for you financial independence? Financial independence for me is the not having to depend on a a paycheck from like a corporate job or an external job. Um, It means not being dependent on someone else to like give you money. I mean, you know, I do now, now that I'm becoming an, I am an entrepreneur, it's a little bit different because while you don't have a big corporation telling you what to do and they're not paying you, if you're an entrepreneur and you have customers and clients, they're kind of your, your little, they're your bosses kind of because you have to serve them. But in my head, I feel that no matter what, becoming financially dependent just means you are not dependent on anyone else. You have enough money, you have enough cash flow from your investments to sustain your lifestyle. Perfect. Beautiful. And tell us a little bit, because with uh, in this journey uh, from when you were little in terms of seeing your mom and your grandmother getting married, making that decision of being more intentional with your money. There, were, I'm sure there were some ups and downs, some days where maybe your thoughts weren't really helping you reach that in terms of your mindset. So how in those tough days, because of course, life has its ups and downs, how did you stay motivated? What kind of things did you do to keep your a positive mindset? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say once I started having kids, um, you know, for me, that why is so that's it's so strong that I just need to think about them and look at them. And then I realize what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And just even still having the long commute, like every day, it's just more motivation for me to continue on the path. Because like, that's really what keeps me going. It's like, I know what I'm working towards. I know the type of life I want to provide um, for them. I know the type of life, quality of life I want for myself. And so when it comes to like, you know, spending unnecessarily, or going off track, it's really not an option at this point, because I am so focused on reaching my goals. Makes sense. Now, you also have become a certified financial education instructor, and you have a podcast that's called Journey to Launch. You're a money coach, you're a blogger. And so how did the your journey did your upbringing, what exactly influenced you to take this direction in terms of becoming a part of the financial literacy movement, if you will. Yeah. So for me, what happened was, so I stumbled upon these podcasts and blogs talking about reaching financial freedom and independence. And I said to myself, wow, like, I think I can do this. Um, So why not start a blog to kind of chronicle 
and follow my journey. So it really journey to launch at first was just meant to be a platform in which I could just have accountability because I was putting it out there that this is what I was doing. And, you know, it just started out as that. And what started to happen is the more I started to share my story and what I was doing, I would I got feedback that, wow, like, how are you doing this? How can you help me? I want to do the same thing. So I was getting great feedback from readers. And so I decided to, you know, pursue how I could help other people reach their goals, reach financial freedom, because I quickly realized that in the, especially in the financial independent space, you know, there, you know, I, I feel like it could be a little bit more diverse. And that what I found was that I didn't realize that there was, this was even possible until my early thirties. And so, and then none of my friends even really understood what financial independence was or how to reach it. And so for me, it was like a matter of, you know what, I want to bring this to everyone. I want to bring this to the masses. I want to make this more relatable. So that's what Journey to Launch for me became is where I could have a platform in which I'm going to show and teach other people how to also reach their goals. And, you know, I created a podcast because I just love podcasts. (laughs) I'm an avid listener because I I mean, I have such a long commute. So I, you know, I listen to a lot of them. And so I figured that, you know, getting my... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Certification um, to learn how to teach people about money would be helpful. And then starting the podcast and continuing on would just be my way of of providing value. And then also, to be quite honest, as I thought about what I would do, so my whole goal is to become financially independent and quit my job, my corporate job. But, you know, again, it doesn't mean to quit and do nothing. So I started to think about what would I do once I quit or what would be something that would be bring passion and and joy to me. And it was Journey to Launch. So I'm also building Journey to Launch to be my, um, you know, what I do, what I retire into, because I do want it to be something I focus on full time. That's beautiful. Now tell us, give us a scoop, because you and your husband, in 2017, your goal was to save 93000 So tell us how, what are your strategies for budgeting, for saving to get to that point? Because that is a good chunk of money. It is a good chunk of money. Um, so first, we live in New York City. So that's a very high cost of living area. And we both have, you know, I have a relatively well-paying job and my husband's a teacher. And so for us, it's really about maximizing our income and saving as much as we can. So with my husband being a teacher, I found out about this on my path um, to financial independence that he as a teacher had access to two pre-tax retirement accounts which I had no clue about before all this. So he has, he has access to his 403B and he has access also to a 457 plan. And then I have access to my 401k plan. So just um, individually, those, those accounts, can, you can save up to, well, 2017, $18,000. And so for us, I really focused on, okay, how can we just automatically funnel as much money as we can in those three accounts? Like how can we max that out? And so we just made a plan to start maxing those accounts out, which is what we did, and then budget the rest. So after we got our net income, now how could we still invest and still like live our life and not necessarily be too deprived? And so one, it was maxing out all our pre-tax retirement accounts. Two, it was creating a budget in which then we could figure out, okay, now how more, how much more can we invest? So then, you know, we decided to invest in some Roth IRAs and some index funds and 529 accounts, but then, okay, how can we budget so that we are not in a situation where we feel as if we are not still enjoying life? Um, how can we set our priorities and, and still do the things we like? So the budget helped that 
help with that a lot. I love that. So, and I love how you decided, well, let's just max the accounts first, then we'll work the budget in. Uh, but you also took in mind that you're, you weren't going to restrict so much that you weren't enjoying life. I completely, completely love that. So take us a little bit, if you will, through in between the managing money in your home. What does that look like? Are you the money manager in the house? Uh, or how do you divvy up the tasks? Yeah, well, it's funny because Irene, definitely the money manager in the house. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have my husband who is very, not only supportive, but he like, you trust in the vision that I have. Now, obviously he has to agree with everything um, that we do and he has, he has a say in the budget, but for him, he's not necessarily a sit down, crunch the numbers kind of guy. So he kind of leaves that to me, like, you know, to figure out, all right, what's the long-term strategy? What can we do? And then we sit down and we look at it and I ask him questions. I ask him what he thinks. And so he's definitely a participant, but I would say that I'm still the one pretty much more driving the bus in terms of, all right, maybe this is, we should look into this or, you know, here's what I believe we could budget for this month. And then, but of course he definitely has a say, he definitely has an input. He has the budgeting app on his phone. And so we definitely stay on the same page that way by constantly communicating and then him also just um, being on board with all the goals that we set. I love that you say that because you mentioned, you said you're the money manager basically, but he's still in the know. It doesn't mean you sit there. I'm sure you have conversations, but it doesn't mean that there's this long drawn out meeting, maybe once in a while, right? (laughs) But he's definitely in the know of things and I really like that you said that because sometimes when in speaking with couples and I am very adamant that both both partners have to be in the know of what's going on, but that they envision these long drawn out meetings and you have made it work for you in the way that you see best, which is fantastic. <laughs> now let's uh, talk about, you mentioned growing up with your mom and grandmom and what would you say is your best money memory? My best money memory. Hmm, that's a good question. Let's see. Um, I mean, my best money memories don't really necessarily have to do with like money. <laughs> it has to do with experiences, which is why I value experiences so much. I love it. Yeah, because my mom, so I would say this. So I, you know, I already said that my mom, she didn't really have much, but she would always try her best to do things um, for me or we'd always like try to do things um, uh, at just like low or no cost. So she would always take me to like free days at, the museum. I just remember going to the library a lot. Um, I remember when she when she could, she did put me in things. So she put me in swimming class and gymnastics. And so she really prided herself on not giving me things. Um, it was more about, okay, well, what, are, what can I provide for my daughter that are the experiences, which, you know, I look back on that fondly because now being a parent, I realized, especially, you know, seeing that she was a single mom doing it by herself and earning way less, um, than I than I, I currently am. I'm just thinking like, wow, how did she even do that? You know, and so for her to prioritize in that way is definitely I look back on it and I'm just amazed and I'm thankful for that experience. That's awesome. And how about your proudest money moment? I know you've you all have done amazing in saving good chunks of cash. Would that that be the one or would you have another proud money moment? My money moment, my proudest one would be being able to buy my um, condo out of college because like I, like I mentioned, I, I was saving most of um, most of my money for my internship. 
And then to be able to then now come out of school and then put down the 10% to buy the condo. And then I had to, then for another two years, I had to save and work up to, cause it was a new construction to, to close on that and to put down another 10%. It was just for me, like being able to do that. And I still have that condo today. And it's, you know, it's one of my, just, I would always say my best investments that I've ever done at such an early age. I always feel very prideful about being able to do that. Absolutely. And who is the person that influenced you the most with money? My mom, (laughs) by watching her work so hard um, to provide for me, you know, she, again, she didn't, she didn't sit down and have money conversations with me. It was more of watching that hard work and learning from that. Right, right. No, that's beautiful. Well, this has been fantastic, Jamila. As you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. How would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because she matters. Simple and powerful. Love it. Thanks again, Jamila, for being here. And hopefully we'll connect again soon. Thanks, Jen, for having me. This was so much fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Jamila today. And before we get into a little more about our interview with her, I wanted to do a quick shout out like I usually do or what I call in Spanish, La Mención Semanal. And this week it goes to Laura Diana. We have various Lauras uh, in our community, but recently Laura shared some vulnerability with others in our community, in our Facebook groups, which everyone was able to relate to. And this topic was about worth and the fear that comes with it in terms of feeling that we don't deserve a raise or we don't deserve any more money, those type of things. And it was, I am sure it was difficult for her to share that and express that. But the powerful thing here was that others related, that others chimed in and supported, that it was nice, I, I believe, uh, that those that were dealing with the same thoughts and fears, it felt good to be hearing this from someone else, which is the power in community. So I definitely encourage you when you're in there to, to at times, just take it out, you know, take the courage and be vulnerable uh, because it's nine times out of 10, others are dealing with something similar. So Laura, I appreciate you sharing that uh, because it definitely helps others. Uh, And I'm sure you helped someone that specific day not feel alone. Now in today's episode, uh, really the focus was on being intentional. And we just don't necessarily focus on that. We tend to more focus on our mistakes, on what we're not doing. And we focus so much on that. And sometimes we tend to beat ourselves up. Maybe we overspent or we went over the budget on our groceries this week. Or uh, maybe we went a little crazy with the coffees this week or something like that. And we focus so much on what we didn't do, what we what did quote unquote wrong, that when we do that, we're not, intentionality is out the window. It's not, it's not necessarily existent at that moment. But if we shift and start thinking about our money and doing it more intentional, meaning in the spending, meaning in receiving it, meaning in allocating and 
telling your money where to go and being more intentional, you're going to not only be, feel better <laughs> about yourself, you're going to have more confidence because you yourself uh, allocated X amount of money towards whatever it is that, that uh, you're deeming it for, but you're going to feel definitely much better. You're going to feel more confident. Uh, you're going to have more progress in, you, in your goals because when you become more intentional, you follow your plan more easily. So I just wanted to share that nugget and I hope that makes a difference and I hope that helps you. Now, I want to encourage you, um, if you enjoy listening to Jamila today, to visit her over at journeytolaunch.com. I will have that link in today's show notes. She also has a podcast called Journey to Launch as well. Uh, so definitely check that out. If you're looking for other podcasts to uh, binge listen, that would be another one to check out. Now, listen, I know <laughs> we have ups and downs with our money. I've been there. Sometimes I still get to that place. Some days when uh, we are being intent, you know, we there we do have some days where we're being intentional, like Jamila talked about, and other days where we're not. And how exactly can we get back? Well, how what is a way we can get back to being intentional with that money? An easy way to do it, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Uh, and that is with my daily money ritual. It's a download. It's a, a simple worksheet that literally helps you regroup your financial life so you can become intentional again, so you can also become more confident, so you can have more clarity. And I definitely have a free copy waiting for you over at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. I will have a link for that in the show notes uh, if you're for some reason you are driving. Now, next week, I have the amazing Farnoosh Tarabi, which I know you'll absolutely love uh, on the podcast with us. She is going to share with us the lessons, what she has learned over the years. We're gonna, the topic is about women being the breadwinners uh, and things that she, the research that she has done because she has written a book on it. Um, when she makes more. Uh, so she's going to talk about all, all of that and more. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Jamila for sharing uh, with us her story, for being transparent, for sharing all those nuggets. Be sure to check out the show notes on where to find Jamila over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 139. And also don't forget, if you love this episode, please, it would be mean the world to me if you shared it with a friend family member or just a co-worker, someone that you care about. Thanks so much for joining me and I will talk to you next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves pues. Gracias. Chao.